Hello, everybody. Or so I should say, what's up, everybody? This is the latest CSG podcast with uh, your host, your solitary host this week, Jeff Morton. Uh, thank you all for joining me. Uh, before I get started, I want to talk to you about King Law Firm. Uh, they are the sponsor of my solo CSG podcast. Um, this, it's a, just just in general, they're a great place if you need to find yourself in an unfortunate situation where you are disabled and you need that valuable Social Security disability. Um, it is something that, that you never know you're going to need until you reach that point. And in the, when you get in that situation, you need an advocate. And you need someone in your corner. And King Law Firm is the best in Colorado at being an advocate for those who are disabled. Uh, please seek them out if you will find yourself in that situation. Or, you know, if you have personal injury or something like along those lines, they are one of the best in Colorado as far as that goes as well. If you go in, uh, ask for Kylan King and tell them that Jeff Morton sent you. Go to www.kinglawfirmco.com. That is kinglawfirmco.com. Well, uh, here we are again. Uh, I hope everyone enjoyed my last podcast. Uh, it was a little off the beaten track. It was with a uh, YouTuber, Halloween4545. Uh, and I, I made the decision, since I have taken primary charge of the podcast and Nate and Ross are still involved there's they haven't gone anywhere but since I've been the in the driver's seat lately because I've been the only one who has time um, I have decided that I'm going to branch out a little and incorporate some other things other than uh, sports in this and they will be called CSG special and uh, I'll be sprinkling them in as I go along I, I, I have many other diverse interests than just uh, Nuggets-related stuff. And i got to tell you, uh, last week's podcast, or this last podcast that I did, was one of my favorites I've ever done. Uh, and people really have responded to it very well. Um, ben Evans is a great, great YouTuber. If you like Let's Plays, I know that is a demographic that is generally uh, a bit younger than the ones that listen to this this podcast. But uh, I would suggest everyone, if you really are into video games, uh, Let's Plays, and specifically horror video games, I would check him out. He is Halloween4545 on YouTube, and I, I, you won't regret it. I've, I've watched, I've been a fan, as I said in the podcast, 10 years now. I have been following uh, uh, Halloween, and it's, it's, not, it's, a great time, it's a great way to just kind of veg out. And not have to think about anything. So check him out. Uh, again, if you haven't heard the podcast, go check out CSG Special. Uh, it was uh, just the last podcast. And the, none of those will be numbered. Uh, this one's a numbered episode because it's a sports-related podcast. With that being said, here we go. Um, <clears throat> this week has been a big week for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, and I'm not talking about Summer League, which everyone overreacts to and overanalyzes. Uh <laughs> Just, just for I mean, I've avoided talking about summer league. I'll, I'll just give it a cursory thing, saying the Nuggets got into the quote tournament part of the uh, of the summer league and they lost the first game. There we go. That's all we need to say. It is not. I've I've always said this about summer league, and Nate Timmons, if he's listening to this, is rolling his eyes right now. But he, summer league is 
uh, the way I look at it is I tell people Nicholas Skidishvili was the MVP of the 2003 Summer League. I believe that was Mello's rookie year, by the way. Uh, that was Skeeter's second year. He was the MVP. Uh, and he had one of the worst careers I've ever seen in my life. Uh, it's hard to determine basically anything from Summer League. It really is just... Some guys will show out and it'll it'll turn out to be the same in the regular season. Um, some guys will show out and they will turn into colossal busts like Skeeter. So it's just not something that you can take a lot. And all you need to really do when you go to, to talk about Summer League is that you just look to see if guys are, have basic competence. And that's it. And if they show basic competence, then they, they basically know. And I'm talking about first, second-year players here. And Malik Beasley was playing in this, and he's a third-year player. Um, but, you know, if they show basic competence, then at least you know you have a baseline to go on. But that's pretty much it. You really can't tell anything else. Uh, that's the last I will mention of Summer League. Um, the Nuggets managed to pull off a couple couple deals. Uh, they signed... First, they announced through Woj, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, that they signed uh, Isaiah Thomas. Uh, not Zeke. Isaiah Thomas, the uh, former... Boston Celtics standout, uh, the former Cleveland Cavalier, the former LA Laker, um, for a $2 million one-year vet minimum deal, which considering that he was an MVP candidate uh, a year and a half ago, uh, that's quite the, quite the no-risk, high-reward deal for the Denver Nuggets. They're not tied to Thomas beyond this season, and if they so choose they can like negotiate with Thomas and if he turns out to be a great guy coming off the bench for them honestly it was really kind of a no-lose situation uh there is a huge question about his hip still um and is if that will ever be right and listen it's someone who as as you know with Wilson Chandler hips are a bugger and I think they have replaced ACLs as the worst kind of injury you can have as a basketball player, other than an Achilles, which, as we've discussed, DeMarcus Cousins has. So you would hope that technology keeps advancing with the years and Thomas can overcome this hip injury. One of his advantages is that he is small, extremely small, um, they list him at 5'9". I don't think he is 5'9". Uh, but, you know, he's a small guy, so he doesn't have a tremendous amount of weight on it. And we'll see. We'll see. I mean, look, the Nuggets bench is going to be pretty, as the kids would say, lit. I, 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 honestly, this, this team this year is going to have offense out, out, out the, out the yin-yang. It is going to be a tremendously potent offensive team. And that is kind of something. When we look at this Denver Nuggets team, just in isolation with Isaiah Thomas, follow me, follow me with this. Um, Thomas coming in as someone who is a ball-dominant scorer is kind of, 
filling a role that maybe Earl Boykins filled for the Nuggets in the mid-2000s. Um, looking at a team that, you know, just if you're looking at just scoring, that's what you look at with Thomas, just scoring. And as this has evolved, you look at the Nuggets' scoring options. Oh, well, throw out there that, you know, maybe Michael Porter uh, loses this year. I don't think he will. I kind of half believe that he will actually get playing time this year. Um, but you need that guy who can score on the bench because you know that they're going to be starting Will Barton as the starting three, which has its own problems, by the way. But you bring in Thomas, and you just up amp the scoring up that much more. That leads me to part two of what happened. Uh, I believe it happened on Thursday. I think it was Thursday, Thursday or Friday. Um, the Nuggets announced, uh, actually it was Thursday, Thursday night, uh, through Woj, Woj Dorowski, uh first had it, that they traded Kenneth Fareed and Darrell Arthur plus a protected first round pick to the Brooklyn Nets. And they sent, uh, well, they sent back someone, Isaiah, Isaiah, uh, Isaiah uh, something. Oh man, I, this is horrible. I forgot his last name. It doesn't matter because they cut him immediately. Um, the Nuggets did a big salary dump trade. That was completely evident. That said exactly what they were doing. Um, this has been projected for a long time. All of us who have been talking about the Nuggets doing needing to get under the uh, the uh, tax have been basically, and what I'm saying is you should listen to us because this is, it's been plain as day that this is going to happen. Now, the reaction to this trade has been really curious to me. And look, I wish that uh, Nate was available today because he and I were talking on a text message um, after the trade was completed, and he takes the opposite view of me. And if anyone who has listened to the show long-term knows uh, Mr. Timmons likes his draft picks. And I think there's a lot of people who cover the NBA who hold the same view. In fact, I know there is. I happen to believe that the, the draft pick next year, which is what the Nuggets ended up sending, the 2019 first-round pick, which was top 12 protected, the, the value, actual value to the Nuggets that pick held was virtually minimal um, because they drafted Michael Porter Jr. this year, a guy who was projected as a top pick that fell to them at 14. Obviously, it's a gamble. You don't know if he's going to be right. You know, there's all, there's all those caveats. However, because of that, that first-round pick became eminently expendable for a team that is trying to make the playoffs. Not only make the playoffs, get a higher seed than people are thinking in the playoffs. Particularly when you do go end combo with the Isaiah Thomas deal. So that pick itself, the picks are only as valuable, they're only valuable as they are to the team that has them. Another team, like say the Brooklyn Nets, who's really, really trying 
they're getting a lot of praise right now because they're doing the whole, you know, process, uh, tank, get, accumulate picks, blah, blah, blah. And that, they get a lot of praise for that. But however, the Nuggets are not there. They got all their picks. They have Jamal Murray. They have uh, Nikola Jokic. They just drafted Michael Porter Jr. They have Gary Harris, right? So this isn't something that I believe should be, at least to me, controversial. The other sign that I've been hearing a lot is people are upset that the Nuggets used that first-round pick to get off the contracts of Kenneth Fareed and Darrell Arthur. They felt the Nuggets should have paid the tax this year and kept the contracts. My question to these people is why? Considering that the Nuggets didn't need that pick, um, they, you know, it, uh, look, if they're drafting anywhere that pick would have any sort of value, it's a colossal failure, and all the players on the Nuggets roster, it would be a fire sale. They'd be, they'd start, <laughs> they would, they'd, they would trade people for picks anyway, right? So, as far as that goes, the, the value of that pick wasn't big to the team that had that pick. The Nuggets had no... The, the value of getting out of the tax was bigger to the Nuggets than retaining a pick that would be in the low 20s, probably. So... The uh, I, and I call it the the league's obsession, and I'm not the league itself, but maybe the people who cover the league and NBA Twitter. The obsession with next, and the, the draft picks because of the contracts they sign and all that have become so overvalued in this era that I think people lose sight. It's like force of the trees. Some teams just don't need to add another first round pick. Now, if you want to quibble about whether it was right to use it in this particular scenario, well, I could be more amenable to listening to that argument. But even then, the Nuggets, what are the Nuggets going to do? Their asset, quote-unquote assets, and I hate using that word, tradable pieces is what we should call them. Um, what are they? Uh, are you going to trade Gary Harris? Yeah, well, maybe, you know, he's essentially on a, he's on a four-year deal with a partially guaranteed fourth year, as I recall. It's a tradable contract without a pick. Uh, Jamal Murray has yet to sign uh, his second contract. He's still on his rookie deal. Um, a lot of the Nuggets ancillary picks like Malik Beasley, uh, excuse me, ancillary, ancillary players like Malik Beasley, like Juancho uh, Hernan Gomez, uh, guys like that don't hold a tremendous amount of value to other people in the league. So, you know what? You're going to send a first-round pick to get rid of Juancho Hernan Gomez and Malik Beasley? No. The side benefit of the Nuggets getting uh, down out of the tax with these two particular contracts was this. Now, I had originally thought that the Nuggets were going to have the access to the full mid-level exception. Apparently, because they signed 
Tory Craig and they signed Vanderbilt, Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, due to the timing of it, the Nuggets couldn't have access to the full MLE, right? However, getting out of the tax doesn't prevent them from acquiring other players. They were no longer hard capped, which I think the hard, the essentially what the hard cap is that uh, once you are use the MLE, you're hard capped uh, once you reach 29 million, 129 point something million dollars. The Nuggets avoided that hard cap, which obviously can influence them with deals uh, in the future. In particular, we are coming to something that was really interesting. Um, Now, I normally don't pay a lot of credence to Instagram posts. Excuse me, I'm having my Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Um, I normally don't uh, put a lot of credence into social media posts. I think people read way too much into them. However, Demarius Thomas posted a picture of him and... uh, himself and uh, Jimmy Butler working out. And as everyone knows, Jimmy Butler and Demarius Thomas are good friends. Um, from what I, you know, what he said on there was he's working to get, make it multiple, you know, both to be uh, playing for Denver teams. Which got everyone kind of looking like, hmm, considering that Jimmy Butler declined his... Um, extension that was offered to him by the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, it was natural for him to decline that extension because he would make more money in general if he didn't sign it. (laughs) He'd make more money in free agency than that extension. That was the most that the Timberwolves could offer him right now, and there was no way that Jimmy Butler was going to accept that. So, that plays into this. I don't think the Nuggets will trade for Jimmy Butler. They would have to give up, you know, you're looking at giving up Jamal Murray. You're looking at giving up uh, Gary Harris. You know, you're looking at giving up maybe even uh, Michael Porter Jr. You know, you're looking at giving up a lot. Now, if it takes that, it takes that. If, If the Nuggets were interested. And we don't even know if the Nuggets are interested. Sometimes it takes what it takes, and then you think, okay, if if it takes getting Jimmy Butler, we'll we'll seriously look at that. I don't necessarily think that's a good idea, but you know, it's 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 out there, and I could see how a team would make that decision. Maybe the better play for the Nuggets would be to wait till free agency, because as I discussed a couple podcasts ago, Paul Millsap has a team option. For next season, which 100%, you know, I don't speak for the team, but if you look at that, the way that deal is structured, 100%, that deal is getting declined. Then, and that deal, I believe, I believe it's $30 million. That is $30 more million coming off the books for the Nuggets. And they're already under the tax. They declined that. They and they would have to. I believe they would have to rescind his bird rights. They would have to rescind Paul, Paul Millsap's bird rights in order to uh, then acquire a different free agent, i.e., I. Jimmy Butler. Okay. So if they chose to go that direction, you know, decline the option on Paul Millsap, 
sign Jimmy Butler when he becomes a free agent. He can be in the same town with his buddy Demarius Thomas. Look at that. That's maybe something to kind of take a glance at. Um, Because I don't see the Nuggets going forth in a trade scenario right at this moment to acquire Jimmy Butler. The better play would be to get him when you have room. And I think that that is something that would be more logical. I mean, I be- and, and this plays into why you get rid of the contracts of, well, include Wilson Chandler in this, 34 point something million dollars in contracts, which, oh, by the way, here's another factor. That's $34 million in, in, in uh, total in uh, trade exceptions. Now, you cannot combine player, you know, traded player exceptions. So it's 13 million, 12 million, 7 million. That's, that's what they are. So you can use them individually, but you can't use them in combo. So, but they're still out there. You know, teams rarely use traded player exceptions. Rarely. And all all time Nuggets fans will know uh, Mark Warkentine talked about the traded player exception he got uh, for Marcus Camby. Uh, in 2008, 2009, and he never used it. He called it Big Bertha. Uh, well, he never ended up using Big Bertha. <laughs> so, yes, the traded player exceptions are there. They're a factor, but they aren't really a factor. Um, so there's a lot of balls in the air right now. As it stands right now, I believe the Nuggets are a better team. The Nuggets, to me, are definitely a better team right now. And I think... If they don't make the playoffs and they don't push into basically at least a mid-seed at this point, um, you're, looking at, you're looking at some big changes coming. And uh, basically, I think if you're a Nuggets fan, you don't want to contemplate that. So, anyway, thank you for joining me on this latest CSG. Uh, I'll be talking to you probably within the next couple days. I've been making these... A lot more regular, as you guys can see. Um, I've had the time. So uh, I hope you're enjoying them. And like I said, there's going to be more CSG specials coming. So I'll see you all later. Goodbye.